0: Every time.
1: A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1.
0: On this week's episode, New York has its Comic-Con. Disney Plus finds its soul. And will GameStop be saved by Microsoft? All this and more as we once again delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, throw out some of those Facebook gaming stars at us, it is truly appreciated. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He's our own American God of pop culture cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. His shows, Ocalypse, and the Super B.S. Gamescast, plus his book, which I'm giving even more into, called Congratulations, You Suck, it is my good friend, it is, Josh Peterson.
2: What's up, man? What's going on? All right, so, funny story, and this is for all of our comic book fans out there. I have been looking, and I, I talked to this on social media a little bit, I, I've been looking for like four years for this comic book. Is a fantasy comic book. And actually, back in 2014, I heard about this comic book. And I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. And then for like six years, I could not remember the name of this song. Went to a comic book store in Dallas last weekend and just saw it like hanging out on the shelf. I'm like, that sounds familiar. Picked it up. Comic book's called Birthright. If you guys get a chance, check it out. It's amazing. It's about this kid who's like kidnapped as a child and taken to this fantasy realm where he has to like become a warrior and save the people and all that. And then he comes back and he has to convince people that his story is real. Really interesting comic book. Anyway, sorry, Rabbit Trail, but there's a movie coming out, so that's just why I want to mention it. So check it out. Great comic book. Anyways, what's up, man? How you doing?
0: Good, good, but I know you've also been checking out stuff as far as a nice little haunting in, just in time for Halloween, too.
2: Yes, yes. So if, I don't know if any anybody out there checked out the uh, show Haunting of Hill House last year, so that was a book... I can't remember who wrote it, but this is so Netflix just released "Haunting of Bly Manor," which is the second season of that show, also based on a book, kind of in the same style of American horror story. It has a lot of the same actors are in it, but they play different parts. So, uh, anyways, this story takes place. This this American lady goes moves to London for a little bit. She ends up taking this job in the classifieds, and it sounds like a dream, right? It's like there's two kids, and they're quote unquote really well behaved and the house is beautiful it's for a live-in nanny so she takes the job after convincing the employer and then she gets there so i'm only one episode in but so far what we know is that there are things happening in this house like the kids parents died they don't go into a certain wing of the house there's all these weird creepy dolls lying around and uh it's it's a very intriguing and i'm kind of excited to get back to it but so uh, did you gerald did you ever watch uh, haunting a hill house you ever see any of those episodes I watched a couple of them, yes, but I didn't get a chance to
0: finish the whole season. I may have to go back and do so because it sounds like you're very interested in what's happening right now with Blyhouse
2: yeah, so there I mean, and I don't know where you stand on this, but there's not a lot of like well written and well executed horror media out there, you know you get like your your cliches and all that, but very rarely do you get someone that actually like develops the characters, has emotional depth, hits like philosophical things. Haunting a Hill House did that really well. Haunting a Blind Manor has kind of done that so far. What's interesting about it, you know, in like your typical horror movie, they always have, you know, in, in filming, there's this thing called the rule of thirds where like you never want to put your subject right in the middle. You always want to like put them off to the side or at one of like the, the vectors where the lines cross in the frame, like that up in the upper hand corner, bottom hand corner, off to the side, whatever. You never want to put your subject right in the center. So in haunting a Hill house, they did this thing where they would always show the person on the frame to the right or left, you know, and they always focused on like the darkness in the upper, not focused on it, but it's kind of a, an afterthought, right? So you would focus on the person frame, but up in the corner here, there'd be something happening, whether it was in a doorway or a pantry, they had all these like hidden ghosts, right? And you really had to look carefully and they'd start moving slowly. And that's like where a lot of the scares came from. And this one, they do it a lot differently, which I think is kind of neat instead of they still make you focus in the background because that's what they've done. And then, but all the things that are happening are in front of the subject. So it's really interesting because it terrifies you because you're not expecting it to come from there. And I don't know. I'm like, It kind of excites me because I've never seen anything done like that before.
0: That's available on Netflix right now. Is that correct? Haunting of Bly yes, Manor?
2: Just, just came out on Friday.
0: Haunting of Bly Manor. So you want to go ahead and check it out as soon as you're able to. And now's the time because it's October and that time for Halloween. So please check out Haunting of Bly Manor and let us know what your thoughts are on this series, which is the second season of the well, what previously was the Haunting of Hill House was just something that I think caught a lot of people by surprise and was very good for Netflix. So checking out the second season, which is The Haunting of Bly Manor, check it out today on Netflix. I want to go ahead and tell everybody that we've got a lot of things on the plate for today. That includes the New York Comic Con this weekend. It happened, but a lot of great trailers were shown. So we're going to talk about that coming up here in a bit. The Boys and Star Trek Lower Decks season finales just happened, so I'm going to go ahead and share some non-spoilerly thoughts that's going to come up later in the episode i don't want to go ahead and put out those spoilers yet because i know josh hasn't seen it i know a lot of other people have not as well so i want to go ahead and share my thoughts though in a generalistic fashion coming up here in a bit pixar soul goes to disney plus that's a big news item so we'll talk about the well is it going to cost you extra money like mulan And what will this do for Disney Plus and also Pixar going forward? Because this is the second straight film that, well, the first film this year onward did debut in theaters, but it quickly went to Disney Plus. So this is the second major Pixar film to go pretty much straight to Disney Plus. So we'll talk about is this going to be Pixar's future going forward coming up here in a bit as well. GameStop made a deal with Microsoft. We'll go ahead into depth on that coming up here in a bit. Coyote Ugly gets a reboot, and our fans seem to like it a lot. So we'll talk about the prospects of that coming up. A new Green Lantern series for HBO Max. And what do we want for Amazon Day? First, before we go into GameStop and Microsoft, I want to go ahead, Josh, and let you know real quick. I had a chance to test out these bad boys right here, the Stealth 700s. And also the Stell 600s from Turtle Beach. And I cannot thank them enough for allowing me to go ahead and test out the Turtle Beach 600s. And these bad boys right here is the 700s that are on my head right now. I did put a full review at popculturecosmos.com on which is the better unit. As you're hearing right now, the microphone is serviceable at best, I'd say. Probably, eh, it's okay. Sounds like a little bit like I'm an Android right here and right now. So it's not exactly one of the greatest things It, it you obviously can hear me because communicates, you know, things of that nature. So I think it's something that they still need to go ahead and develop even more this omnidirectional microphone that's on now. But the sound on both the 600 and the 700 is killer, my friend. If you love your bass, it's got it all packed in for you. The drivers really pump out a nice, rich sound. Plus... If you're really into the multiplayer aspect, you can turn on the superhuman hearing aspect and actually everything gets like turned up to volume like 10 as far as from the minute sounds. Like if somebody's walking up behind you or if there's something in the distance, you'll be able to really hear that out if you're really focused on multiplayer format. Again, a rich sound. They've improved the second generation to have a longer life on the extended battery. So you get up to 20 hours on it, which is even better than what it did before. They've done a lot of features. It does have Bluetooth and things of that nature on the 700. And if you're going to read my thoughts in detail on popculturecosmos.com. But I'll tell you what right now, between the 600 and the 700, I'm going to go ahead and lean for the little bit more expensive 700. I think it's a better value. At 149, than the 600 is at 99.99. It's actually a lot more comfortable than the 600 because it has memory foam built in, so it's really nice. So I'm going to go ahead and say right now, for a great listening environment, the Turtle Beach Stealth 700 is the best way to go over the 600 at this point in time. But if you have any thoughts different, or you want to hear more, you go ahead and check out my review at popculturecosmos.com.
2: I have a question. While using those headphones, is it true that you can hear people's thoughts?
0: No, the superhuman hearing is not that good, because if that's the case, I would have probably shut this podcast off probably many years ago, if I could hear your thoughts.
2: (laughs) That was really the selling factor for me.
0: But it is very distinct. I mean, if you turn the superhero hearing, the stereo sound kind of goes away and what goes in its place is just like really distinct sounds like footsteps, like talking in the distance, things of that nature are really get amped up when you use that feature. And I recommend that only when you're multiplayer gaming, but on regular sounds, they also have an app that you can use to fine tune the sounds even more. If you want to go ahead because almost everybody now these days has an app. They do have an app that you can download and do that if you want. But again, my thoughts are out there at popculturecosmos.com. But the Stell 700 is probably, to me, the better of the two values. All
2: right, right on. So, what, what you're saying is people who buy these no longer have excuses for not hearing their significant others talking to them while they're playing video games, is what what you're saying. So, you can actually no, like, no, hear their.
0: If say, you have I'm these sorry, bad honey, boys. The yeah. If you have these bad boys on you won't be able to hear what anyone else is saying so you know if you have them really turned on high you won't be able to hear a thing all right all right there so we there go. You go there you these have... might be for you my friend these might be for you
1: hey this is Chad from Ghost Toasters and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos podcast hey
0: lakers fans looking for the best place to go for up to date news information original videos I want to quickly run down that GameStop made a deal, a multi-year deal with Microsoft for promotional, a whole bunch of things, getting involved with it. But it looks like GameStop will be a Xbox series or Microsoft centric store coming up here in the near future. Microsoft is going to be investing heavily in as far as from a promotional, not an ownership, but a promotional standpoint. Whether or not it leads into that, we'll have to wait and see. Now, they won't become full-fledged Microsoft stores, but you will see a much heavier influence on Xbox games than most likely what you will see from PlayStation games at GameStop, although I'm sure you'll still be able to get both at this point in time. But I want to hear your thoughts. This is going to be a major investment for Microsoft. They are really gearing up and making these extra efforts just before the new console generation. A, do you think this is going to be better for Microsoft? Or B, do you think this is going to end up being better for GameStop?
2: So is this why when I drove by GameStop earlier, there were people with uh, pitchforks and torches and they were also wearing PlayStation shirts? Is that what was going on out there?
0: Possibly. Possibly, but I don't think they're going to be that dang. They'll
2: um, just go ahead
0: and buy it digitally or to Walmart.
2: <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people actually doing that now. So to answer your question, you know, I have I have some thoughts on this. I think that this could be good for both of them, to beneficial. I love how Microsoft is really kind of, they're not just being competitive. They are becoming like the competition, like they are, Absorb it seems like they're just leaving it so you don't really have an option but to sponsor Microsoft products, even if you don't buy an Xbox, you're still like shopping at places associated with Microsoft. Like it's kind of interesting to see how, like, they're creating I wouldn't say they're creating a monopoly, but they're kind of like making it so you have no choice but to pay attention to what Microsoft is doing. And I think that that's a clever strategy. Will the money spent reach equilibrium in the end i don't know what i do know is you know i'm curious if this is going to like create some kind of like gamestop app you know on the xbox marketplace where you can buy actually i don't even know how that would work i'm trying to think of like how this would be beneficial for both parties i think gamestop could succeed with microsoft money but uh, what changes do you think are going to be happening in store because as far as like digital gaming goes, if you're on the Xbox, you already have the Xbox marketplace. So I wonder what kind of integration is going to be happening.
0: I'm going to lean heavily towards Xbox when you go in there, let's say a year from now or two years from now, according to this deal, it's going to be something heavily promoted or maybe GameStop might get Xbox exclusives first above any other retailer. Something is going to happen where GameStop has to be the beneficiary because they're in the most dire need of basically trying to get some type of retail edge. Because as you know, closing stores, hundreds of millions of dollars of money loss each and every quarter that they report. And this company is in financial peril of really going out of business and putting a major loss of the video game marketplace as a whole. Now, I know a lot of people out there may not shed too much of a tear for it after all the, the negative things that have been said and done. But GameStop has been a part of our pop culture now for going on almost 30 years in some form or fashion or another so it would be a shame to put also the fact that there's so many people out there that still work for GameStop that would put them out of work so let's go ahead and look at it from that standpoint but this could be something where we're seeing as a desperation move by GameStop and if it doesn't work out it could be very perilous for GameStop for Microsoft it's something they're looking at as far as hey We wanna go ahead and better promote our product with a new generation coming up around the corner. And we need to go ahead and try to find an edge with gamers. And we're gonna start there. Now, mind you, not every gamer goes ahead and and goes to GameStop anymore, but still they've got a name in this industry and it's clear to see why that they wanna go ahead and make a deal. You
2: know, what I have seen so far, what I've read is that they've created a program for like monthly payments on uh, Xbox consoles and accessories. I don't know if they're going to do something like that for, um, you know, for for games. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see, like, you know how when we went to E3, they had booths, like, for Microsoft stuff, right? They're, like, T-shirts, and you can buy action figures at certain places. It wouldn't surprise me if we see more of that model inside of GameStops. Yeah, and you go in there right now, like, the PlayStation section is... It's not as big as like the Xbox games are. So there's a lot of 360, a lot of Xbox One stuff in there. So I wonder if they're already starting to implement some of that stuff. But, you know, I can see it looking more like a Microsoft booth at E3 as opposed to like a GameStop where there's a lot of PlayStation stuff, a lot of PlayStation memorabilia laying around. So... That'll be interesting. And I am curious if what's gonna happen with their online presence, right? Because GameStop still sells a lot of retro games on there. You can buy PlayStation 4. They they sell a lot of stuff through their website. So I wonder if they're going to be doing something that's going to maybe cut their Sony inventory or how Sony's even responding to this.
0: Again, I think it's going to lead into some Xbox exclusives things for GameStop, whether it's getting games a week early or having some sort of access program incorporated with GameStop. There's got to be some type of scenario that they've already worked out that's going to be beneficial for both parties, or in theory is supposed to be beneficial for both parties. I'm just, like I said, at a loss right now what that might be specifically, but I have a feeling it's going to lead to some type of exclusivity within the realm of Microsoft or Xbox games coming to GameStop in some form or fashion, maybe content, extra DLC or things of that nature that you can only get at GameStop in order to boost their sales, but also gain a notoriety that hey Xbox the best place to go is going to GameStop.
2: Yeah, I mean so I like to buy physical copies of games. You yes, know you do. out here. Yeah and like we've talked about this a lot right like I am not going to go silently into the all digital future out here there there's a couple of GameStops but like there's more mom and pa shops and like I'm more inclined to shop there because you know they're not affiliated with any corporate stuff like what keeps them open is their their customer base and like just the way that they treat their customers and to me the big issue for GameStop was not availability of microsoft stuff is always the fact that like they're very cold in there and you're just like cattle to them they want to just get you out but they also want to pester you with pre-order stuff like if the culture of gamestop needs to change for me to want to go back there it has nothing to do with like the exclusivity of microsoft stuff
0: that's a thing that they're going to have to look at maybe they're denying it but that circle of life program seems to be something a lot of people take issue with but again, it's a major deal between Microsoft and also GameStop, so we'll see how this plays out, whether it's gonna be beneficial for one, the other, or both, we'll have to wait and see, but we wanna hear your thoughts. Are you interested in GameStop's deal with Microsoft? It's a multi-year deal as far as from a promotional standpoint. Are you thinking what's going to happen with this is going to be a good thing for the video game industry or a good thing for GameStop or the Xbox series coming up in the not too distant future? There's your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. I'm going to go ahead right now and go back to my audio technicas. So give me just a second here, Josh. But I wanted to go ahead and ask you real quick while I'm going ahead and making those changes. What your thoughts are on a new Green Lantern series for HBO Max?
2: You know, it's funny that that's been in the news so much lately, and I keep thinking that was going to be something that would be brought into the DCU, but it looks like they're going to be hitting the smaller screen with that. So my hope would be that if they would make something like that, it would be something that ties into the bigger world. because. The Green Lanterns, it's its a big property. And I feel like if they were to waste that on the small screen, it would not be something that could thrive on the big screen, if that makes sense. Because what if they blow it? Then nobody's going to want to see it.
0: I'm going to tell you right now, my friend that when it comes to Green Lantern what's different is that they're not going to have the most familiar character play the role of Green Lantern himself. It's going to be one of the different Green Lanterns in the series that they're going towards to and they're going to show a lot more as far as the Green Lantern Corps themselves. So that's something that we're going to be seeing a lot of Sinestro I think believe we'll see a, a Sinestro character in it and some things of that nature but It's interesting that they don't want to push this on the movie. And they're already pushing, as you know, from last week, if you heard us on the PCC Multiverse with Marcus and I, that they're pushing a lot of the DC films back and Black Adam has been taken off the schedule entirely. So having an HBO Max Green Lantern series kind of makes sense. It's just a shame that Green Lantern, after the failure of the Ryan Reynolds movie, is probably not going to be coming to the big screen unless it's something in the form of a justice league or a supporting cast member and probably will not come out as a movie on its own anytime soon
2: yeah and that's a real shame to me and especially because in the 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 justice league right they tell the story about the the box or whatever it is and yeah. you saw the lanterns fighting there like you saw them fighting with The amazonians and the um the atlanteans and all that stuff you saw them all like jointly taking this battle up and it was really cool and so now you know we've got our aquaman film we've got our wonder woman film but we will not be getting our green lantern film so i mean if they're not giving the green lantern an opportunity to be a film on its own i would hope that they would just let him cross over or her who, whatever gender they decide to make this character cross over into the dcu because i think at the end of the day people while grateful for the chance to see green lantern on any screen at all people would love to see the true version of the justice league you know the justice league that they know from the cartoons they would love to see that come to life on the big screen
0: we're going to see something different when it comes to Green Lantern from that aspect I'm very intrigued to see it they're not going to redo the same thing that you saw in 2010 with what we saw with with Ryan Reynolds and that failed Green Lantern movie so we are definitely going to be seeing something different when it comes to the Green Lantern series that's going to be coming to HBO Max now mind you you're going to be waiting for a little while on it so it's probably going to be 2022 at the earliest before you see something materialized when it comes to that show but it's again something that they're trying to do at DC to try and incorporate everyone in within the mix. I'm hoping like you that Constantine will be in some form of fashion outside of Justice League Dark revived. I'd love to see an extension of Constantine brought back again because uh, you know, I know you have a great affinity for it as well. But there are so many different DC characters and so many storylines that they want to go ahead and pursue. It's nice to see DC getting that Extra layer just like Disney is with obviously the films, and then what they're doing for Disney Plus. It's nice to see with HBO Max becoming that DC feeder line of interesting stories that could make or break the future of HBO Max as well.
2: There's a, a weird thing where Warner Brothers, like HBO Max could be huge, like the content on there could be amazing. The original content, like the properties they're allowed to dive into. But there's so many issues as far as like the with the Warner Brothers and and HBO as an entity, and whether or not actors are allowed to appear on these platforms or these platforms. There's like so many contract issues there, and this is why Tenant is not going to HBO Max, and it's 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 just it's insane just the amount of like red tape that exists between these two entities, and because of that, hearing about something going you know being on hbo max that should be on the big screen frightens me because i'm afraid we're going to end up with like another daredevil mcu problem especially if people get invested in these characters
0: well i'm hopeful that well we are in some ways going to see a blending of the hbo max series like for instance uh the year one batman series in regards to the gotham police department that uh, is going to be in development for HBO Max. That is obviously going to incorporate somehow into the Batman film because the Batman film takes place in year two. So uh, we will go ahead and see some of these storylines that are being developed in the HBO Max world be developed, like you said, in some type of format in the DCEU. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that works out. So it's not going to be just pushed to the side but there still will be standalone stories, like continuously with Doom Patrol, which got renewed for season three, That's, I think is going to be still kept on the side. I don't think that'll ever, most likely never kept really within the realm of the DCU. I think that'll be its own standalone thing going forward. Now, if it's incorporated within the framework of DCEU, that'll be great. But still, I think it's just going to be something that you're going to see hbo max pick and choose and warner brothers you're going to see warner brothers pick and choose which storylines from the hbo max series eventually get moved up to the big screen in some form or fashion
2: yeah i mean and again like i i still applaud warner brothers on like very slowly but steadily giving the fans what they want instead of what the producers want and uh, i just hope that they continue moving in that direction
0: as do i my friend as do i what are your thoughts out there on a new Green Lantern series coming someday to HBO Max? Share us your thoughts, Popculture at Yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the half hour, my friend, I want to go ahead and ask real quick. You know what the most popular story on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page where we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture. You want to
2: know what that was? The Good Witch. The Good Sandwich.
0: No, no, on, no, not the good sandwich. Sorry, no, no. Although that does on popculturecosmos.com, that article still gets a lot of reads each and every day. So that's incredible yeah. that it does. Yes, it does. But the most popular thing on our social media this week was Coyote Ugly getting a reboot because it was announced by Tyra Banks that it is in development. So this movie, which was a breakout hit, never really got a proper treatment as far as later on as I think in a sequel but I think it's a good time to go ahead and put out something like this what are your thoughts on Coyote Ugly getting a reboot are you surprised you shouldn't be because they're rebooting the heck out of everything else
2: this is just one of those things where, like cool how many people wanted something like this you know like Uh,
0: apparently a lot you know this this week on social media
2: yeah yeah well i also saw that they're doing a reboot of the craft too which was another female-centric movie of the 90s but it's just i think that's already
0: gone to film i think i saw a trailer of that
2: yes i'm curious like where the market research is involved in something like this because like this is a golden opportunity right to like take a risk on creating something new it's just funny to me that like instead of taking a risk on something new that could be good with, especially with all like the the brilliant writers out there these days, we're diving back into taking things that were successful in their own right, but not like smashing hits and trying to make them smashing hits of 2020. It's just, it's kind of weird to me.
0: But we'll see my friend when Coyote Ugly finally comes to light, whether it's going to go straight to streaming or whether it's going to become a full fledged film, we'll wait and see. But Coyote Ugly, according to Tyra Banks, was part of the original movie itself is getting a reboot so we want to hear your thoughts coyote ugly getting a reboot are you excited for it let us know pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com.
2: also can i add something real quick i want you guys to send us your request for a 90s film that you would like rebooted because I would love to read those on Or an
0: 80s film, how about that? 80s or 90s? Or,
2: or an 80s film, yes. There you go.
0: What What do you guys wanna see? Absolutely, so share us your thoughts on an 80s or 90s film you would love to see rebooted. PopCultureCosmos at yahoo.com.
1: Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get? How will he get it? And how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020.
0: Well, my friend, we're on the back half of the hour here. Thanks again for being part of the pop culture cosmos. Truly appreciate everyone out there listening and watching. New York Comic Con happened this weekend, my friend like everybody was having a good time with the virtual conferences once again looked very interesting with all the interviews with all the the people behind the scenes for doing movies televisions things of that nature no it's not the comic con from san diego but still it's one of the upper echelon comic cons that are out there and there was some nice trailer premieres that were shown off during the course of, of new york comic con so i want to hear your thoughts first mr comic book man on Modoc, an adult animated comedy coming to Hulu.
2: I could not be less interested in <laughs> something like that. And, and, and I don't mean that as like, a, oh, Modoc sucks. Like, I always thought he was an intriguing villain. I just, if you remember correctly, he was the, remember the old 90s Iron Man cartoon? Like, he was like the main bad in that show. But this is not something that I was craving. And it's not, I you know, as someone who doesn't have a lot of time to consume media anymore like it's just not something that i want to invest my time in
0: it's going to be difficult for a pitch for Modoc to see how because again hulu i really think that just should go ahead and combine with disney plus but that's another issue in and of itself but Modoc is going to be a character i don't think that translates well film wise into the mcu so they had to find a place or niche for him because they thought it could work as a comedy so Patton Oswald, I believe, is voicing the character behind Modoc because Patton Oswald, much to his credit, is getting a lot of things done, voicing and being on a lot of shows out there. So give him all the props. Modoc on Hulu, it's still going to be a tough buy. Let's see if it gets that kind of niche. Let's see if it gets that kind of audience. So we'll have to wait and see. American Gods, season three trailer dropped. Very interesting. This is a show we haven't talked about too much on the show. It's been something I've dropped in and out of but hasn't quite grabbed me yet but i know it has some other people because it has that niche audience so i want to hear your thoughts on american gods hitting season
1: three
2: so it's a very dark show i watched the first season back when it came out i was i was into it i really enjoyed it never got around to watching season two but with all the other things going out there like it just sounded exhausting to me to have to like order stars for a week to watch this show and then go back to whatever it was. So, yeah, it is it's it's an intriguing show. It's got a lot of like history and mythology in it. It kind of speaks to the darker parts of human nature. And, you know, I love the idea of like old people no longer believing in the old gods, So they're like fighting to have their say in the real world. And then there's people like technology has become a God and then and, and cars have become god you know it's like this human belief has created all these like entities and it's the concept is really intriguing so you know i don't know how many people watch the show i liked the first season but i'm just like not intrigued enough at this point to watch a second or third season unless i had nothing else to watch so you know as far as the third season goes and the trailer like it looks cool you know and i'm, I'm probably going to go back to it at some point but it's a really dark show and it's hard to like make you motivated to watch it
0: well it looks like it's something that's very interesting i might get back into the series we'll wait and see because like you said there's a lot to watch out there there's a lot of things out there even with the slowdown due to the coronavirus there's still quite a bit of things that are on the queue streaming-wise, broadcast-wise, really just a lot of things out there that people can watch. So it's tough to keep up, but I I tell you what, American Gods season three could be something that a lot of people could get back into. Right, getting the stars is gonna be hard for people to get into, especially with all the other subscriptions out there. So we'll wait and see what happens for American Gods in season three. The Stand, coming to CBS All Access. I was hoping that this would be something that CBS might go ahead and put on its broadcast network, but like the old days where you would throw those miniseries or extended TV movies out there, but this miniseries is going to CBS All Access, and The Stand looks like it's going to be a faithful retelling of Stephen King's work. I know Stephen King, I think, had some direct input into this miniseries coming up has some big names, but I want to hear your thoughts on The Stand. So I know Stephen King is a, how should I say this? Stephen King is a big influence of yours. So I want to hear your thoughts on The Stand and how well you think it'll come across on CBS All Access.
2: So uh, The Stand is actually one book by him that I have not read. You know, it's, it's one that I've heard. I've heard good things about. People have told me I need to read it. I just have never had a chance to check it out. That being said, though, a, a lot of the Stephen King properties that have been adapted outside of The Dark Tower have actually been—they've been really good. I mean, I look at the success of It, right, and I look at the success of Pet Cemetery. All these films have been, you know, more or less like phenomenal in their own right. So I think that, you know, if it had the budget and it has the the, the cast that could make it work, like I honestly think that it could be something. That would draw people into CBS because you remember when they made Under the Dome, right? Like that was something that actually drew people away from Netflix for a time and into television. Like that was something that people really enjoyed. And had Amazon, you know, move forward with their Dark Tower show, I think that that could have drawn subscribers in. So I think that this could be a big thing for CBS if it was done correctly. You know, with the thing with Stephen King fans, especially myself included like if something if, if a, a book adaptation is not done correctly you know and, and there's signs of it failing in the first episode it's going to tank because you look at even um what was it fx did the mist right was that the, the right channel
0: i believe so i
2: believe so yeah so that the adaptation the the show adaptation of the mist was so far from the original source material that people just didn't care to watch it so You know, with with Stephen King properties, they're either going to be really good or they're going to tank. And that's something that CBS needs to keep in mind while making this. But
0: again, it's something that is going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Even though CBS All Access, we already know that's going to be morphed into Paramount Plus come the beginning of the next year. So we'll still see how this is going to play out later this year when the stand comes to CBS All Access. This is something you might be interested in, my friend, and it's Amazon, and it is the creator of The Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman. His next series, well, his comic book series, and now his next television series is the animated show, Invincible. I want to hear your thoughts on this superhero animated show, which is going to be, knowing Robert Kirkman, just a little bit different
2: so yeah i've seen some trailers for this actually and i didn't they try like so didn't playstation have like a a, exclusive streaming content for a while and they did a show called powers yes so this what's kind of it kind of is making me think about like a mixture of that show and heroes and i just it's been done so many times in the past that i don't know if it's something that I would really care to watch unless I heard great things about it. The concept is always interesting, but it's been done before. What are your thoughts though?
0: Well, we're in the midst of an anti-hero pseudo superhero phenomenon or revival with the great success of doom patrol with the outstanding success of the boys and the even bigger success of the umbrella academy as i'll explain here in a minute it's something that i think people need to go ahead and realize that these i don't say anti well yeah i will say anti-heroes because that's pretty much part of the concept here going into invincible they're not the typical a clean-cut superhero save the day like we see in marvel and dc type deal where this is something a little bit different so being that that's the case and also the fact that this is robert kirkman who It's obviously dealing with The Walking Dead and all that. It's going to be adult. It's going to be something that is going to push a lot of boundaries. Could it be going as far as where The Boys goes? We'll have to wait and see. But Invincible is going to be something that I think a lot of people will be talking about when it finally hits on air.
2: Yeah, and here's a thing I've been wondering. With the success of The Boys, are we going to be seeing a lot of shows like this? Oh yeah. up out of the
0: because you got I'm again is- there's three you got to remember there's three doom patrol season three already renewed to hbo max and i mm-hmm. wanted to go ahead and give big props because i always thought the boys was doing incredible in fact it is by far and away amazon's most popular show but even yet nielsen reported that for the month of august the umbrella academy was the top rated show on streaming television anywhere for any streaming outlet so They get big props. So now you have two major shows and a third in Doom Patrol that's also getting a lot of viewers. So again, these anti-hero, pseudo-superhero type series, you're going to see more of because guess what everybody likes to do in the movie industry and in the television industry? They like to jump on a winner. So they're going to try and create their own thing and burn it out until we're tired of
2: it. So do you think that this is going to have a negative effect on the boys? Because you look at a lot of people are suffering from superhero fatigue right now just because there's so much of the media, and that created the anti-hero thing or the rogue superhero movement. How long until this becomes a boon to people?
0: We'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. I'm going to share my thoughts on the boys, but obviously it being, again, the most popular show on Amazon Prime by a long shot and literally doubling the already record numbers that season one did, it's clear to say that at least for the short term in the next season or two that The Boys has really got a lot of sway and The Umbrella Academy doing much better than it did in its first season to the point where it is, like I said, the top show for Netflix in August. It tells you right there where the future lies for that. So these shows are going to be emulated and copied by a whole bunch of streaming outlets. And again, even Amazon doing something similar with the animated show, Invincible. So we're gonna be seeing more and more things like this going forward in the near future, until again, audiences are gonna get tired of it and will it hurt the boys. Eventually there's gonna have to be a fall for the boys at some point in time, and also Umbrella Academy. People are going to get, depending on storylines or quality of the shows themselves, there's going to be a, po- a tipping point and also a decline in those numbers. Will it happen next season for both? Who knows? But right now both are on a high, and I think everybody will try to emulate that.
2: Yeah, I just like, I, I mean, the boys is a good thing. You know, I just hope that like with all these people emulating that show that it doesn't like ruin the chance the boys has to like really finish the story they're trying to tell, you know, three or four years down the line.
0: I hope so. I hope they'll be able to finish it. I'll go ahead and drop it right now since we've been talking about the boys during this New York Comic-Con thing right here. And that's the boys has done really well with wrapping up a season. It was a season where you know you have a future. Season one, they had to throw everything in the kitchen sink at you because of the fact that they weren't sure if they were getting extended anymore. So they had to go ahead and find out exactly what type of audience they had. Season two is more about character development but it sure has a great way of wrapping a lot of things up in season two. So I highly suggest if you're even a passive fan of the boys, check it out because it's well worth your time.
2: Yeah. I'm about three episodes in. So I'm in the process of finishing it right now.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Next year, we got to go ahead and do a, a spoiler cast. We'll get everybody around for season three and we'll do a spoiler cast for that. Cause it works so well for us for, for previous things. So Definitely would love to go ahead and do a spoiler cast with you at some point in time for the series, The Boys, whenever we're able to go ahead and do so. But again, I digress. The Watch, which is going to be headed to BBC America. And the reason why I included The Watch, which got a sneak peek, and yes, it does have a lot of sci-fi elements, a lot of snarkiness to it, a lot of great British comedy injected into it, is the fact that we're seeing a lot of British films, televisions, things of that nature being introduced to American audiences and American audiences are accepting it even more and more. Maybe it's because of the content issues that we're having due to the coronavirus, but, or maybe it's because of the fact we just have so many more streaming and watching options at this point, but BBC America's The Watch, I think people should give it a watch when, pardon the pun, give it a watch when when it comes out to BBC America and all that. So I think the watch might be a good thing for people to check out. And Resident Alien, I know you like this because Alan Tudyk, who is a big favorite of yours on previous things that he's done, uh, he's got a new show coming to Sci-Fi where he's an alien who takes over the body of a doctor in a small town and gets, I guess, railroaded on his mindset because he was intended there to go ahead and destroy the earth And along the way, he has to go ahead and solve a murder in a small town. And so it goes into that. So it's really kind of a different niche. The first seven minutes is available online. So you want to go ahead and check it out right now. But I wanted to hear your thoughts on Resident Alien before we go ahead and head on to the break.
2: And I haven't seen it. I didn't really know anything about it. But, you know, I always like those type of shows where you have someone who's fated to do evil or destroy the earth or whatever and they just decide they end up helping people they just see the betterment in humanity it's the same thing with like lucifer right and shows like Hellboy, stuff like that you always have like these protagonists who are fated for something else than what they had planned on and i always like to see that type of thing so i mean if this is anything like that then yeah it's definitely something i could get interested in where remind me again where can i watch it
0: sci-fi is coming up i think later this year on the sci-fi channel so hopefully you'll get a chance when it appears on the sci-fi channel coming soon all right there you go so that was new york comic con a lot of the best of new york comic con if you had a good time going to the virtual new york comic con this year we'd love to hear your thoughts on all the trailers that were also debuted during that time let us know were you intrigued with what went on at nycc 2020 Share your thoughts, pop cosmos at yahoo.com.
1: You're listening to the pop culture cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait. Do do people still use dials? If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Metro City Games is your video game metropolis.
0: Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Well, my friend before we head on out i want to go ahead and let everyone know real quick i had a chance also to check out the season finale on cbs all access of star trek lower decks and i said the show started out okay pretty good it's from the creators of rick and morty it's very fast paced very fast moving but the show itself is a pretty good laugh but it wasn't really just haha at the beginning. But it really got a lot funnier. The writing got more in-depth, got more intelligent, got more really just great as far as not only reaching into the Star Trek lore and also getting some great ideas and making it their own and developing some modern ideas along with it. So I want to go ahead and give a big shout out to the folks at Star Trek Lower Decks on ending up with a great season. Looking forward to what they have planned for season two. Looks like they got renewed. At least they're talking a lot about season two. So I'm thinking they got renewed for it. So if you get a chance, Josh, I know you're not the Star Trek man, but you don't really need to be a Star Trek man to go ahead and enjoy Star Trek Lower Decks because the series really got a lot better. And it was pretty good so far in the beginning, but it got a lot better throughout season one.
2: So is it, like one, is it like a Rick and Morty-esque yes. type yes. show? Or is there kind of like a, a narrative that's driving it along? Or is every episode just like cool. random jizz? And, no, no. And-
0: it's about a group of uh, Star Trek, how should I say, maybe underachievers, overachievers, midachievers, okay. But there's a mix of each inside this group that they follow, a main group of four that they follow, that are usually positioned at the lower decks, you know, the, the, the place that you don't ever hear about during the Star Trek movies. So that's why it's there. But it shows how not only they go ahead and manage to save the day on a lot of occasions, but also go ahead and wreak havoc on, and, and just basically Rick and Morty writers and creators running wild on this. And it's just really, you see that Rick and Morty influence on how they could go ahead and take the Star Trek lore and just make it into their own. And all these crazy things happened. And it just, it's just—it's—it's a fun, quick, fast-paced half hour that I think is really easy to digest for people. It helps if you know the Star Trek lore. But again, you don't need to know every single episode of Star Trek or Star Trek The Next Generation or anything of else, the movies or anything of that else to understand and appreciate a lot of things that go on because they develop it and make it easy to digest for anybody watching it.
2: Okay, all right. I'm... I've been thinking about watching it. I just haven't like been converted yet. So if you're what you're saying is true, it might be worth me, you know, turning on the TV for a few minutes to check it out. This is on CBS All Access, you said. Yes,
0: that's correct. CBS All Access. It's like I said, nine, I think it's nine episodes, really easy to digest or half hour, actually a little bit less than half hour. So right there for you. If you get a chance, check it out. It's again, it doesn't take anything seriously, and it just A lot of those cliches that have been passed around from Star Trek year after year, they do make fun of it and they poke holes and everything. And it is a lot of fun. And you saw they had a great time doing it. You could just feel the the enjoyment that they had in doing it. And Jack Quaid, who is one of the stars of The Boys, happens to be one of the stars of this. So it actually, he had two shows ending on the same week. How about that? So much success to him. And all the people involved with Star Trek Lower Decks, hopefully, I think, while they're already talking about it, that we'll see more from them in season two. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for being a part of today's show, but I want to talk real quick about something that you and I look forward to each and every year. It's Amazon Days. Well, actually, I'm sorry. It's Amazon Day, even though it's Days coming up I think believe on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week if I'm not mistaken so I want to hear your thoughts on what you want for Amazon day
2: I would like to see anime go on sale because I still have some stuff that like I have been meaning to pick up you know like I, I want to pick up the rest of mobile suit Gundam it's always like 60 bucks and if they could like you know take that down to like thirty dollars and I'd be more inclined to buy it I would also love it if they had, you know, Switch games, but not at like ten bucks off, you know, maybe bring them down to like twenty-five dollars. Like that could be cool.
0: Oh, Nintendo uh, be like, oh <laughs> you
2: know? it'll never happen, but it'd just be nice to see. I don't know, like there's a lot, like I'd want I want to shop around because there's also like collectibles that I would like to get. You know, I'm not in the market for like a TV or, you know, anything fancy like that. But yeah, as far as like Blu-ray collections and collectibles and DVDs and stuff like those are the things that I'm really like looking to grab on Prime Day this year. And it's funny because this is going to be
0: something very interesting that they get all and garner a lot of money. In fact, we've talked about this before that they had planned on going twice a year. But I think they held off this year, obviously, to, out of respect to people, those who are suffering and the millions of people out of work and and coronavirus and the whole thing that's going on. I think eventually their plan is to go to a twice a year type scenario from when we last talked about this. But it is coming up this Tuesday and Wednesday. Those are some great products. But it's so funny right now because people, it's kind of difficult for people out there because a lot of individuals are going to have to make a choice should i buy now for amazon days coming up on tuesday wednesday or should i spend the money for holiday gifts and wait for black friday hopefully for something a little bit better something a little bit more in depth because i think that's the quandary a lot of people are making right now they can't just go ahead and freely like they have before spend the money in october for amazon days or september i think when it was also too you know to spend the money on amazon days and then go ahead and spend more money on black friday they could in the past but this year i think it's going to be tough
2: so i from what i understand though a lot of stores this year are are closing for black friday so does that mean the deals will be online this year I was, okay. i'm having trouble understanding i this is not what you you said but i mean i've been reading that like walmart and target and then will be closing on black friday so i just i'm curious like what that means
0: i think it will mean more online shopping okay. i think it will be m- Mean more of regular items, items that can be easily transported, items that can be easily shipped, maybe less as far as the TV deals that you will see. That's just my guess. I haven't checked up and yeah. started really investigating the Black Friday ads like you know we will hear by the time it all gets undone because you and I scour through the Black Friday ads and I'm hoping to go into more detail that just before it hits. But I will say that I think that there's going to be a different approach due to what's going on with coronavirus. And I think that's going to lead into a lot more consumables, but also a lot more smaller products that are easily shippable going on sale at a steeper discount to try and attract more people as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I hope there's still something going on because other than, otherwise, like Prime Day is your chance to do a lot of holiday shopping. I mean, is there anything you're looking to get in particular?
0: If it's available and it comes up at a really, really good price, I am thinking about the Outer Worlds. Finally getting okay. that. It's one that I should have gotten last year. I didn't get a chance to. For some reason, life got in the way. And I'm looking at that. It's saying, you know what? I, when it hits a really good price point of maybe 20 or $15, i am really interested in grabbing it. I mean, also... You know, there are other games out there. If I could go in No Man's Sky, am I finally going to get delve into that now that it's got this big, huge update? But again, that, as I've said before on the show with Marcus a couple of weeks ago, I think that has to also hit a certain price point before I go into that. But it could happen. You never know. There's going to be a lot of great deals coming up this Tuesday and Wednesday for Amazon Day.
2: Yeah, it could happen. You never know. But yeah, I mean, I'm definitely keeping my eyes open, seeing if there's anything that I do want to grab. I'm sure there will be something. But Amazon Prime Day is really like all about impulse management for me. (laughs) So uh, we'll see how much money I spend.
0: Let's see how fast your fiance goes. Josh, Uh,
2: hands off. She is equally guilty when it comes to uh, spending money on Amazon.
0: All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Try to control, try to control, but we'll see. It is this Tuesday and Wednesday. It is Amazon days, even though it says Amazon day, it's Amazon days coming this Tuesday and Wednesday. So people need to check it out at amazon.com. Also, there could be a great deal going on for congratulations. You suck at Amazon for Amazon days. You never know.
2: Who knows? Who knows?
0: What are your thoughts out there on Amazon Days? What are you planning to get during Amazon Days? We'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, it's been a great episode. Cannot thank you enough for joining me as always. I've got Marcus De La Garza on the queue coming up this Thursday. I know he wants to talk The Expanse, which was another trailer that debuted season five at New York Comic-Con, but he wants to talk about it because he's a huge Expanse fan. So he's already said he's hit the chat boards and wanted to go ahead and did a deep dive into that. So we'll go ahead and talk about that. Plus, he finally got me going ahead and watch Ted Lasso. So I watched some Ted Lasso, so I'll share some thoughts on that as well. Plus, of course, all the latest pop culture news and trends that come up during the course of the week. But any last thoughts on the way out?
2: no but watch haunting a blind Manor." like it is it's pretty good so far i know there's some haters because it's not as good as hill house but you could be pleasantly surprised like if you're looking for something that is horror and it's of quality this is the place to start
0: now are you watching it just because it's right around the halloween point of time because it's october and things of that does that draw you in that much more
2: yeah, it does. I mean, especially since there haven't been any good like horror movies you know in, in a while, but this is I really, really loved the first season of Haunting a Hill House, which is one of my favorite shows of 2018. and this is kind of the, uh, the you know this is the follow up and it's it's pretty much you know on par with that so far.
0: So we'll see. We'll uh, get a chance to go ahead and check out some more episodes as they come up for Haunting a Blind Manor hopefully people out there will give it a chance on netflix you're watching a lot of stuff on netflix most of you out there you know it so why don't you go ahead and get a scare today for the haunting of blind manor so for josh peterson this is gerald Glassford. it's another beautiful day paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself Oh, great. mission commencing this is Wookie Radio translated for the Wookiee American I like that Wookie. your hosts Ken Derek and Mike bring you the latest news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy uh, hold
1: it hold it I said hold it
2: subscribe today on iTunes and Stitcher
1: I just assumed it's a Wookiee
2: start listening today and remember the force will be with you always